Good morning. <clears throat> Welcome. We're so glad that you're here this morning. Would you stand with us if you're <laughs> able? Let's, let's sing together. My feet are on the rock. I can see the clouds rolling I can feel the winds they try to shake me I will not be moved My feet are on the rock sugar. You know why? It's not because it's Mother's Day. It's because it's anniversary day for me and that pretty lady over there. 40 years. 40. 40 years. She had no idea what she was signing up for. Absolutely no idea. Everybody good? Happy Mother's Day. 
Oh boy. What a great group of mothers we have in this room. Yeah, Eric, I'm just pitching it up for them and they're striking out. I mean, the ladies in this room are absolutely awesome. There you go. Y'all are getting better at it. We're glad that all of you are here. In fact, if you're a first-time guest, you will notice a Connect card in the back of the chair in front of you. If you'll simply fill that out and after service, take it through these doors to our Connect counter, we will exchange that card for a coffee mug and a gift certificate to Chick-fil-A. What an awesome deal. Amen. Glad that you're all here. Let's stand up. We're going to pray a blessing on our mamas, and then we're going to dive into it. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. I pray a blessing on every mother that is in this room and those listening online. May this be a tremendous day for them as we honor them and give praise, honor, and glory to you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn around and say hi to seven people. Okay, fantastic. You can sit down. Again, I just want to remind you that today's a special day. It is Mother's Day, and we love our mothers around here. We have some of the best ladies in the entire universe at Cavanaugh Church, and today we want to honor you. In fact, here's what we're going to do for all the ladies in the room, not just the mamas, but a lady. If you are a girl, a female, a woman, and you know you are, raise your hand. We've got a gift for you. All ladies receive a gift today. I'm going to ask uh, Santa's helpers to come on up here. It's the staff. They love to be able to do something like this. And I th you know what? I think, I think we're short one, so let me come on down here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to participate in this as well. Look at those guys. They're just moving around. Aren't the, don't we have the best staff in the world? I mean, the, these guys are great. Fantastic. Here's, here's what we have for all you ladies. Oh, you know what's in here? It is the best chocolate candy in the universe. Copper kettle candies. Yes, yes. I told the first service people I went down to Copper Kettle and watched them make all 400 boxes of this candy. And, and I test tasted half of them. Not really. There are, there are four pieces of gourmet chocolate in each box. Wow, do we love you or what? I mean, isn't that great? And Johnny, here, here's, how, here's how sensitive we are to all the ladies in our church. Not only do we have leaded, we have unleaded. That is, we have regular and we have sugar-free. Just because we're thoughtful. Man, come on, y'all are a hard crowd. Isn't this great? It's a great day to be a lady. 
So all of you ladies, come up to your section front, and we're going to hand these out to you right now. Fantastic. fantastic can I say it again best ladies in the universe right here come on guys come on guys come on guys fantastic now mothers this is just for that was for all the ladies this is just for mothers mothers when you came in you should have received a ticket if you did not get a ticket you don't have one in your hand raise your hand right now and these guys are going to give you a ticket Raise your hand, you will get a ticket. Mothers only, some right here in the back. Mamas, mamas, mamas. You know this is big. I've got one awesome special gift for the top mama here today. Are you just wondering what this is? It's just, it's just a white envelope. There's <laughs> no, are you ready to hear what it is? Come on, are you? On the, on the outside, it says, everybody getting one? It, don't you love it when these guys are scrambling? That, ladies, that's the way your family is going to serve you today. They're going to be scrambling around just to get you your lunch today. Here's what you're going to receive. One lady's going to get this. It's from Affinity Day Spa, the premier day spa in Fort Smith. It's a certificate. You want to know how, for how much? Almost $1,000. Almost. No, it's $200. But isn't that great? Jason, you know... 
Do you have any idea what you can get for $200 at a day spa? When, the last time you were there, what'd you get for $200? The works. The works. There you go. I don't, they, they do. I don't know what they do. I don't, really don't know. <laughs> Head and hair, nails and toes. I, I, I don't know. You can get a lot for $200. They assured me of that. So are, are you ready? Brother Jason is going to dig deep and pick out a winner. So ladies, get your tickets ready. Man, I'm just so nervous. I really am. I can't. That's a winner right there. That is. It is. 410. Who's still in it? Three, four. Who's still in it? Raise your hand. That's a bunch. Wow. Okay, let me start over. <laughs> four one zero oh, three four. Eight. Who won? Who is it? Well, get on up here. It's uh, Jordan. Jordan's, Jordan's wife. It, I know you're Jordan's wife, but I can't remember your first name. But she is a guest today. And she, can you, let me ask you, can you make it back to Fort Smith to go to this day spa? There you go. We love it. God bless you. You can keep your ticket. Isn't that great? Give her a big hand. Fantastic. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm not even a lady, but I feel like a winner today. Amen? Y'all stand back up and let's sing praises to our Lord.
for your faithfulness. And we're so thankful that when you make a promise, you keep it. And I'm so blessed to be here with you today because I stand on those promises. And you've never failed me yet, God. You've given me strength. You know exactly what our needs are, what my needs are. You know there are spoken and unspoken requests in here this morning. And I pray, God, that if there's anybody in here that needs to see you do it again, that they will come before you today and ask to have you as their Lord and Savior of their life so that they can witness and experience all the things that you want for them to have and for them to experience. We know that there's healing and that there's saving and that there's power and that there's grace and there's mercy all in your name. And I pray, God, a special blessing over all of the mothers in the room today. And I pray that their day would be filled with joy and gladness in life. Because it's you that give it to us. It's you that we draw the strength from. I pray a special blessing over Brother Will as he brings us our message today. That we would hear exactly what you want us to hear. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Moms are great. They are absolutely, just think about this. If it weren't for your mama, you wouldn't be here today. Amen. That is the honest, the good, goodness, truth. And you know what? Mamas teach us so much, don't they? I mean, it, it, it's, it's an ongoing process. Mamas always are teaching their, their babies. Uh, Angie and I just went to uh, Dallas. Uh, we were at SMU yesterday for my son Zane's graduation. He graduated with his master's degree in business, and uh, we're proud of that. All these graduates came through, yeah, and, and when they called Zane's name, his mama right there yelled out, get a job! <laughs> Not really. She didn't really do that. She thought about doing that, but she, she didn't. Oh, we're proud of him, but Whitney came with us, our oldest daughter, and she brought little baby Jules, who's only four months old. It was baby Jules' first trip to Big D, and it was an exciting weekend trip. We had a great time. And it was so good for me to be able to watch my daughter pour into the life of her baby. And it was, it was just constant love and nurturing and teaching her. And then it was pretty cool to see Mama Angie still pouring into the lives of two of her kids Whitney and Zane. And what I noticed was this, when Lolo speaks, when Miss Angie speaks, those kids listen, okay? Because kids listen to their moms, right? I mean, don't your children listen to everything you? <laughs> my little mama's here. Uh, my mama's a little stick of dynamite, 98 pounds of dynamite right there. And uh, she taught me so much in life. I, I just thought I'd share with you some of the things my mama taught me. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, she'd say this to my sister and I, do it outside, I just finished cleaning the house. 
She also told me about religion. You better pray that that comes out of the carpet. And can I tell you, she said that to me more than one time. My mama taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, William Richard, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. First service people were enjoying these a lot more than y'all are, I tell you. My mama taught me about logic because I said so. That's why. Yeah. My mom also taught me more logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to go to the store with me. She taught me foresight. You make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Okay, here's what I want to know. How many of you had a mother that told you that? Isn't that crazy? I mean, okay, we'll go on. She taught me about irony. Keep crying, and I'll give you something to cry about, boy. She taught me contortionism. Will you just look at that dirt on the back of your neck? She told me about weather. This room of yours looks like a tornado went right through it. My mama taught me of the circle of life. I brought you into this world and... My mama taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. And when she said to me, that to me at church, boy, I knew it was double trouble right there, Nathan. Right here, she taught me justice. One day, you're going to have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> Paying for your raising right there, right? Can you agree with those? Thank you, Mama. Oh, my goodness. Mother, thank you for all those wonderful lessons you taught me in life. You know, there are many remarkable women in the Word of God, and today I want to study the life of a woman who may seem a rather unlikely role as the model of a godly praying mother. After all, she isn't one of the godly Jewish women with a long heritage of faith. She's actually a Canaanite woman, a descendant of the pagans who inhabited the region way back when Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land. She doesn't have the advantage of a legacy of faith. She did not have a mother of faith. She didn't have a praying mama. But an encounter with Jesus Christ would change not only that for her, but for her family as well. This is an amazing story I'm going to share with you from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15. In fact, a year ago, I was preaching a series of sermons on women who encountered Jesus. And we talked about this certain woman, but today we're going to look at her life story from a different perspective. Both Matthew and Mark tell us this story, but let's read it out of Matthew's gospel. Matthew 15, beginning in verse 21. When Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon, which is way up north and west of where he lived. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. Jesus didn't say a word to her. His disciples approached him and urged him, send her away because she keeps crying out after us. She won't shut up. He replied, 
I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came, knelt before him, and said, Lord, help me. He answered, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, literally little dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, yet even the dogs, the little dogs, eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Jesus then replied to her, woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you've asked. And from that moment, her baby daughter was healed. Lord Jesus, thank you for this great story. I pray that you would speak it into the lives of our mamas today. Help them to become praying mothers. In Jesus' name, amen. Just for a few minutes, I want to dissect this passage of Scripture as we look at and talk about a praying mom. First thing I want you to notice is the divine correlation or the divine presence. Verse 21, Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So here's what I want us to do. Let's focus on the star of this story. We learn from the woman. She is an amazing woman. She demonstrates a great faith, but she's not the star of the story. No, the hero of this story is Jesus himself. It's his divine presence that makes the difference for this woman, her family, and her demon-possessed daughter. Mark, in his gospel, says that Jesus had gone up along the Mediterranean Sea into a certain house so that he could escape the crowds. But it states specifically that Jesus could not keep his presence a secret. Did you know that ministry can be draining physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And Jesus had been pouring out into the lives of people, doing some great things, and he was absolutely exhausted. And so he went up to this region around Tyre and Sidon just for a little bit of downtime. But you know what? You can't keep Jesus a secret. He is the hero of the story. And people were drawn to him. And as we think today about prayer and specifically the power of a praying mom, we know that the power is not in the person, nor is it in the mother. No, the power is in a personal presence of Jesus Christ. That's what prayer is. Prayer is deliberately going into the presence of Almighty God and having a conversation with God, pouring your heart out before God, praying to Him, and Him listening to us and answering our prayer. What a privilege it is to pray. I, I told you that we were at SMU over the weekend, and uh, Zane, Zane was so proud to show us that campus, and, and we got to walk through the campus of SMU. Anybody ever been? Y'all know what SMU stands for? Southern Methodist University. It started out as, as a Christian college and, and beautiful, beautiful old campus right there in the, the heart of Dallas. And he was walking us through, showing us all the buildings. And, and we happened to pass this, this chapel. It was, a, it was a little church building. And I, and I looked at the words on the front of it. It was the, the SMU School of Theology. Because that school really started out as a religious school. They had a department of theology, and as I walked by, I just scratched my head and thought, John Wesley's probably turning over in his grave right now, but that's beside the point, right? 
Beautiful campus. You know what it did to me? It, it took me back 43 years when, when I left Lubbock and went to Hillsdale College in Moore, Oklahoma. Not nearly as pretty of a campus as SMU, but, but it was a new experience for me, and I met new people. And I can remember the very first time I went out to eat with some students, fellow students, people I, I didn't even know. We went to Mazio's Pizza, and we were sitting around this big round table, and all of a sudden, everybody's little pinky finger went up. And I had no idea what they were doing. I'd, I'd never seen this before. I thought, what a, what a weird thing. And I was the only one without my pinky finger up. And so they said, ah, you got to pray. And I don't, it, was, it was just a little game they played. Did, did you know that you can backslide in Bible college? You know? <laughs> and it, it, you know what? It really bothered me. I've got to pray. I mean, just because I'm not the first one to put them, the last one to put them, I've got to pray. I have to pray because I'm the. And as bad as that sounds, I have to admit that later on I was doing the same game. But I always felt bad about it. You've got to pray because you got the slowest pinky finger of anybody at the table. Did you hear me? You've, you've, sorry, you lost. You've got to pray. Punishment. No! Prayer is an absolute privilege. It's a privilege to come into the presence of Jesus Christ the Son of God, the maker of all mankind, the person who can turn your miserable situation into a great life. What a privilege it is to pray. It's not punishment. You get to carry on a conversation with the God of the universe. Now, this woman, hearing that Jesus was near, left her home and she went into the presence of Jesus with an extremely urgent matter. That's the second thing I want you to see. She had a desperate situation. Look at verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. That phrase, severely demon-possessed, translates into two words which literally mean she is badly demonized badly demonized. Now, most of us are not familiar with this kind of demonic activity. I would assume, because of that description, badly demonized, she was possessed by a very strong demon, maybe multiple demons. And I do know that there are some liberal theologians who, who just kind of explain this away as the superstitious explanations of ignorant people. But you know what? I take it very seriously when the Bible describes what is going on here, it says that there was a spiritual battle raging in the body and soul of this little girl. I, I have no idea how old she was. Maybe she was four years, years old, Ella Jane, my granddaughter's age. Maybe she was six, maybe she was 10. I don't know, maybe she was a teenager. But there was a battle going on inside of her, this demon having control of her life. Now, we're not told exactly what the symptoms were for this little girl, but there could have been any number of symptoms that we see elsewhere in the gospel with people who were severely demon-possessed, maybe uncontrolled behavior, 
maybe violent outbursts, maybe self-destructive actions, convulsions, screamings. We read of one little boy in the Bible who was so demon-possessed that he would fall over and jump into fires. And, And I can only imagine how it ripped apart the heart of this mama to watch her little baby girl tormented in such a way, and mama couldn't do anything about it. The situation was desperate. And so was the mother as she came into the presence of Jesus. This this desperation is seen in our passage. Notice her plea, verse 22. She cried out to Jesus. That, That phrase literally means she screamed at the top of her lungs, screaming to Jesus, getting the attention of Jesus. She prayed, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. So she addressed him with his messianic title. She understood that Jesus was the Messiah. And if there was any hope for her baby girl, it was in this man. Notice her persistence. The imperfect tense of crying out is used here. It simply means it was an ongoing action. She kept crying out. In fact, this is confirmed by the disciples who insist in verse 23, Lord, she keeps crying out after us and we can't shut her up. Would you do something with her? But they tried to the best of their ability to divert this woman, to get her out of the prison. Jesus was there to rest. He needed to recover. He needed downtime. But this lady was so persistent, she continued to cry out, Lord, do something. We can't shut her up. And then notice her posture. Verse 25, she came and she worshiped him. In an act of reverent awe and worship, she got down on her hands and knees, and she was begging Jesus. This mother threw her inhibitions aside when desperation took over. You see, many of us have a situation that is desperate. Right? Some of you in this room right now, you have a situation that is desperate, but the problem is you're not. Oh, we worry, we fret, we fuss, we nag. We try to take care of the problem when it is way beyond, look at me. There was no doctor who could prescribe medicine to take care of this little girl. There was nothing her mother or father or grandparents could do. This is a spiritual dilemma. And this woman was desperate for some help. And so she realized the only thing she can do to save her baby is to cry out to Jesus. Guys, let me tell you, sooner or later, you might become desperate enough to do the most important thing, and that is pray. Something else we learned from this encounter, this lady had a determined faith. Now, the immediate response of Jesus must have been rather disappointing to this mama. Verse 23, Jesus answered her not a word. (laughs) He just didn't say anything, kind of ignored her. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Lord, send her away. She just keeps crying out and won't shut up. So the question is, why why did Jesus 
not even acknowledge her? Why did Jesus not say anything? Well, we're going to see as we move through this text that it was all a matter of timing. Jesus was working according to a divine timetable. Look at verse 24. He finally did answer her and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And can I stop and say from a theological perspective, he is exactly right. Jesus had come to planet earth to offer his own people the kingdom promised through David centuries before. So literally it was inappropriate for him to bring a blessing on Gentiles before the blessing fell on the house of Israel. One day the blessing would turn to the Gentiles and thank God for that. But presently, that was not the plan. So this momentary delay was a matter of timing for Jesus, who was working according to the Father's timetable. Can I just stop and do one of these quick timeouts and say, there is truth in this for us. Sometimes there are delays to God's intervention because the timing is not right. Have you ever been desperate about something and praying over something and asking God to intervene in somebody's life or in your situation and absolutely nothing happens? You don't hear from God. And you're thinking, what's wrong? I, I, I know that I'm doing all the right things. I know that I'm praying. Why, why isn't God answering? Well, let, let me tell you, God is working in time and space and, and God is waiting for other things to unfold. It's not that God can't do more than one thing at the same time. He isn't limited by time or space, but that is the realm in which we live in. So timing is important. And God is working. Even though you can't see it and can't feel it and don't know it, you just keep praying because God is working. Maybe God's got to do something in this person's life over here that they desperately need before he can answer your prayer. I mean, has this ever happened to you? You pray, you pray, you pray, nothing happens. It's like heaven has been shut up and God is not listening. You keep praying and keep praying and then finally, six months later or a year later, all of a sudden things change and God answers in a big way and does a huge miracle in your life and you look back on it and say, wow! I understand now it was not in God's timing. That's kind of what's going on in, in this little passage right here for this lady. But you know what? It didn't stop this mama. She saw in Jesus the only chance to help her child. And so on her knees, she pleads, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Now, listen carefully, church. Many people misunderstand this episode because they don't realize that Jesus knew where this conversation was going. He knows the faith that is taking root in this woman's heart, and he wants to give her faith a chance for a full bloom. So he replies to her in verse 26, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. I told first service, I, I had a preacher friend call me, Thursday of this week and said, hey, what are you preaching on Sunday? I need a, I need a message. What are, you, what are you preaching? We do that sometimes with 
with each other. And I said, well, it's Mother's Day, so I think I'll preach on mothers. <laughs> supposed to be funny. He said, yeah, but what are you preaching? And, and so I told him this passage. And before I could say anything else, he says, oh, yeah, that, that story where Jesus called that woman a dog. I mean, you read it and you, you think that's, that's what he's saying here. I don't really think Jesus was being disrespectful to this woman, though. In spite of the fact that Jews sometimes called Gentiles dogs, they did. No, Jesus was picturing a family gathered at mealtime around the table, mom, dad, kids, eating food provided by the head of the household. Jesus' mission was to do that. Jesus' focus was to feed the family, God's chosen people first. But the faith of this desperate mom burst out. And she said, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now, how many of y'all have a little dog? And it's specific here when it says little dog. The other translation, or what it could refer to, are wild dogs. That's not talking about a, a wild dog out, outside that was ravenous. No, it's talking about a little pet. Anybody got a little pet dog? Come on, you proud of your dog? My dog's better than your dog. <laughs> And you know, here, here's what I know about little Jojo. Jojo, sometimes when, when I eat at the table and maybe drop some food, she's right down there underneath, ready to chomp it up. And then when my little grandchildren come over to the house to eat, they secretly feed Jojo under the, the that's what little dogs do. Now, this desperate mom was listening carefully, and she saw herself in this word picture Jesus drew. She was not a child. She wasn't in the family. She was not seated at the table as the Jews were. She knew she wasn't worthy of the choicest morsels of food, but even she knew that the master would let the little dogs enjoy the crumbs that fell off the table onto the floor. She was not trying to deprive Israel of God's blessings. She was simply asking that some of those blessings be extended to her in her time of need. And Jesus affirmed this woman. Look at verse 28. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. What a compliment. Do you know that there are different degrees of faith talked about in the Bible? The Bible describes people who have little bitty faith. And then it talks about people like this woman who had great faith. But you got to remember, this woman has come not from a heritage of faith, but from a pagan family background. She didn't have a praying mama for her. She didn't have a godly example. But Jesus saw in her life amazing, great faith. I think that's all awesome, man. Everything that Jesus observed in this mother has faith written all over it. And that's what unleashes the power of God in any given situation. It is our absolute confidence that God and God alone can answer the needs that we have. And gloriously, there's an awesome ending to this story. We see a delivered child in verse 28. 
Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter from that very moment was healed. So what is that connection? What is that connection between a powerful Savior and a demonized little girl? Well, I'll tell you what it was. It was a praying mama. Somebody cared enough for this little baby girl that they prayed for her. Just think of the dramatic change that came over this little girl. The entire trajectory of her life was changed because she had a praying mother, a mother who got into the presence of Jesus and begged God on behalf of her baby. And I got to applaud this mama. What great faith she had. And I need to say to this little girl, boy, you're blessed, little girl. You are blessed because you have a mama who loves you and cares for you and intervened for you. You know what? That that is just one example in life of a praying mama. And the difference that that prayer had in the life of a kid. This week I, I read story after story after story of men and women whose lives were completely changed and they all attribute it to the fact that their mamas prayed for them. Tell you what, I've I've got a praying mama. I don't know how many hours my mom and dad spent praying for me. God only knows and maybe one day in heaven I'll find out how much they prayed for me. But I am here today because I have parents who love me and prayed for me. And I tell you what, I don't take that lightly. I said something to Angie the other day about, you know, a praying mom, because I was thinking about this passage of Scripture, and and she said something that just really, really kept ringing in my head. She said, yes, you need to be thankful for your praying mom, because one day your mama may not be here to pray for you. Because a couple of years ago, Angie lost her mom. And let me tell you, Grandma Peggy was a praying woman. She raised five children on her own because Angie's dad was killed in the line of of service as a deputy sheriff in Clay County. So she raised five kids. And let me tell you, she was a praying mama. I counted up this morning before the first service how many people were in Peggy's family that I know she prayed for every single day. Thirty-two. Between her kids, their spouses, their kids, and grandchildren, 32 people benefited from the prayer life of this praying mama. And and can I tell you something? I know the people in this family. Just like people in your family. They need someone to intervene for them. Every day, Peggy prayed over these kids and grandkids and spouses, but she's not here to do that anymore. She got promoted to heaven. So I I got to thinking, well, who in the world is praying for this family now? Because there are people in this family who need daily prayer. Who's praying for them? You know what the Lord, Ron, you know what the Lord told me? He said, well, you're part of the family. Do your job. 
And so I got really convicted about it. And so now I call out the names of everybody in Angie's family, everybody in my own family. Why? Because they need prayer. They need someone to intercede for them. And I've got family members on both sides of my family who are not right with Jesus. If they were to die today, right now, David, they would go to hell. And God has convicted me to pray for them and intercede for them. So at least two times a day, I call their names out and plead with God, would you send someone to them to win them to Jesus Christ? Because prayer makes a difference. Who's praying for you? You turn that around. Who are you praying for? Little girl, little girl that was severely demon possessed. What are you most thankful for, little girl? My praying mama. Who's God putting on your heart, mama? Which kid right now needs your prayer? Who do you need to be interceding for? I'm thankful that you're a mama. God bless you. God bless you. So thankful for you. But with that comes responsibility. And your biggest responsibility is to be a spiritual guide, leader, and to pray for your kids and grandkids. Heavenly Father, Father, I pray that we would all do that today. I pray that our prayer time would be led by mamas who, whose hearts are, are consumed with their kids and their grandbabies who want to come today and intercede for them. And then, dear Lord, for the rest of us who, who have this burden on our heart right now to pray for somebody in our family. So, dear Lord, may we make good use of this time and may we come and spend a little bit of time on our knees before you interceding for those who need prayer I I don't know maybe maybe dear Lord somebody needs to get their hearts right their own hearts right before they pray for somebody else May, may they come and do that as well most of all I pray that you would be honored and glorified because Jesus you were not only the hero of this story you're the hero of this house and we praise you we ask it in Jesus name Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Praise team's going to sing. But as soon as you stand up, just come on. Make your way down to the altar. Mamas, lead the way. Husbands, daddies, come with them. Kids, gather around. Let's pray as families. As they sing, you come.
Lord, it is our confidence you've never failed us. You're always there. You always listen. And so, dear Lord, as these prayers go up, I pray that the power would come down. Lord, for those mamas in this room praying for family members and kids and grandkids who who need a miracle in their life, I pray, dear Lord, that you would intervene. Thank you so much for the ladies of Kavanaugh Church. Would you bless them today? Give them a great day and a great life. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen. Jesus is the hero. Amen. Good deal. Thanks for being here today. As you walk out, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. Next Sunday, we honor our graduates. So if you are a high school or college graduate, I hope you've let Brother Nathan, Brother Devin know. If not, tell them today. It's going to be an awesome Sunday next Sunday as we celebrate with these young people and adults who are graduating. This Wednesday night, we have church for all ages. And uh, for the adults in here, you get to listen to one of the smartest preachers we have on staff. That's Brother Devin. So come and uh, enjoy our lesson with Brother Devin. Uh, She's not in this service. She was in the first service, but Miss Rowena Caperton is moving this week. Uh, She's going to Northwest Arkansas to live closer to her daughters. Miss Rowena has been a member of our church for a long, long, long time. She moves this week, so if you know Miss Rowena, pray for her, give her a call, tell her you're thinking about her. Sound good? Fantastic. Listen to me, ladies. Listen, ladies, listen. Listen, ladies. You're awesome. You're the best. And I hope you have just a super great day. Go home, sit down on the most comfortable seat in your living room. Let your husband and kids serve you hand and foot. Let them give you those pieces of chocolate candy that you've received and a big old glass of sweet tea. And ladies, look at me. When you drink all of your sweet tea, when it's all gone, the only thing left in that cup, that glass, are ice cubes. Just lift it up and shake it. And that husband and those kids are going to come running to fill it up. Good luck with that. Have a great day.